going to start with uh, just one verse of Scripture, um, and then we'll have a little bit more in a bit. But this is Revelation 3, uh, verse 20. These are words uh, attributed to Jesus. He said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And you can say, thanks be to God. Well, happy Thanksgiving week. Um, I want to let you know, Jenny and I uh, went ahead and bought our turkey a couple weeks ago because I had heard all the rumors, you know, there's going to be a shortage or they're going to be extra expensive or whatever it was. We saw a turkey and we're like, we're buying that turkey. I don't think we have anything else yet for the Thanksgiving meal, but we have our turkey. Hopefully you guys have been able to navigate and plan uh, for what's coming up this week. Uh, we are super excited in our home. My, my in-laws are going to be coming up from Atlanta. Uh, our daughter who's in college is going to be coming home for the week, which is like, that's, I mean, that's the best, the best thing there is. Um, here, I just want to give you an image of what it typically looks like at the Youngman House when we gather together for Thanksgiving. This is actually an artist rendering of what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Um, <laughs> it's always like calm and serene. Everybody's happy, and um, Jenny wears an apron, and I wear a tie. <laughs> it's all true, except I don't wear a tie. But <laughs> well, what is what is your Thanksgiving? look like? I'm picturing your head, like maybe this year or years past. What, is, what does it look like? Well, here at Providence Church, we've been preparing our homes for the last few weeks. Um, not preparing them for the holiday season, but preparing them for Jesus. If you've been with us, you know, we've been marking our doorposts with prayers and dedicating our homes, right, to, to God. We've been setting reminders of God's faithfulness to us, and we share stories of God has done this. Here's how God, God has shown up. And then we tell the stories over and over again. And so it's time to invite God fully into our home. To be present now. Like to be present in our home, every aspect of our lives. Because Jesus is here for all of it. And Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. So what I really, really want to ask is this. Um, what does it look like when you invite Jesus to the table. What does Thanksgiving with Jesus actually look like? I have another painting. Um, <laughs> this is, a, does it look like a Norman Rockwell painting or does it look more like this artist's rendering of a feast, a holiday feast with Jesus? Probably looks familiar to you. you many of you will have definitely seen da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper. And it's so memorable and it's so worth like preserving because it seems to capture the whole story of a holiday feast if you look at it. If you look at it, there's a couple of guys that are arguing off to one side, like a good holiday feast. Um, there are siblings who are arguing over their place at the table. So good, good stuff. There's one guy who's got his hand in the food before the meal's begun. <laughs> And in his other hand, he's got a bag of money and he's trying to figure out how he's going to get out of this, this situation that he's in. And then you've, you've actually got one guy with a knife in there. So kind of like your holiday gatherings, you know, you got it all. It's all happening there. It's a mess, right? The scene is a complete mess. But Jesus is in the middle of it. He's right in the middle of that scene. And he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person 
and they with me. All right, I've got a two, I'm, I'm taking on just a really short tour of art for some reason today. Um, so I've got one more, one more painting. Uh, this is a, a painting of Jesus knocking on the door. Uh, there's actually several paintings like this that you can look up. Um, the, first, the oldest one I found was from like 1850. It's really beautiful, but it's also kind of dark and didn't really show up all that well. So this is a more modern version of it. But for some reason, people have decided to paint this picture over and, and over again. As with all things that are created by human hands, there are some good things about this depiction and some things that I would kind of question. So I'm going to start with what I think it does really well. It shows us that Jesus is persistent. Notice in that picture, like, he's not eager to get away. He's not, he's not trying, trying to, to run off. He's not checking his watch. He's not, like, eager to, to, to move on. Like, do you ever knock on somebody's door and, like, secretly somewhere in your heart are hoping that nobody answers <laughs> so you can move on? Yeah, me neither. I'm just wondering, like, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> It's like, in this, in this scene, how long has Jesus been knocking? Like, we, we don't know. How persistent is Jesus? We, we have this neighbor boy. He actually just moved away. His name is Naveen. He was in preschool when his family moved next door to us. And every day at the, when the young men kids came home from school, he would run across, he would run next door and ring the doorbell and ask them to come and play. He was back at home, his miles home. Actually, a lot of times he would come before they came home. He didn't quite have the schedule down yet, but he would come ring the doorbell, and he was like ready, ready to play. And usually they would play with him. Sometimes, you know, they had homework and some other things to do, so I would give him a basketball and move the car out of, out of the way so he could, he could shoot hoops. <laughs> we love this kid. He, he got to this place in relationship, which you probably have experienced this as well, where he was just kind of like, he was beyond the doorbell. Like, we're not at doorbell phase anymore, right? So he just several times, we just kind of open the door and say, hello, <laughs> hello, Miles, anybody in here? And if the door was locked, he would, there's a window next to our door, so he would like stick his face in the window and just kind of, <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times I walked out into the living room and I saw Naveen's face looking through the window. <laughs> we love the kid. He's very persistent. <laughs> he kept coming back. He was undeterred. <laughs> he was going to find a way. Sometimes we hear these words of Jesus from Revelation, and we assume it means that Jesus is such a gentleman. You know, he's at the door, just maybe ever so lightly, <laughs> knocking on the door. Like, he doesn't want to intrude in our lives. Just kind of just being polite, right? But, but you know, he would really like it if maybe we would come and we would open the door <laughs> if we were so inclined. I don't think it's like that. My experience of Jesus is more like a guy who busted through the door of a tomb. My experience of Jesus is more like a guy who walked through a closed door to break bread with his disciples after his resurrection. Oh, and also the same guy who called the church to bust through the gates of hell. These are images that I have of Jesus and, and doors. So I'm pretty sure that a closed door won't keep Jesus out of your house. <laughs> a closed door won't keep you away from the love of God. He will find a way into your home. It's important to know that the Jesus who knocks on the doors of our hearts is patient, but he's not passive. Like he's, he's very, he's calm. He's like waiting. I'm going to stick with this. I'm with you, but he's not 
passive. In fact, Jesus goes after us. Jesus tracks down the one who's prone to hide in his or her house, the one that runs away. But he's not tracking us down in order to punish us. He's tracking us down in order to love us. In fact, he walks into places where death and resurrection are getting all the headlines. He walks into death and brings us back to life. Jesus is not passively waiting for you to come to your senses while he knocks at the door. He's pursuing you. So why then does Jesus use this image of knocking at the door? Well, there is one door that Jesus won't exactly bust through. And that's the door of your heart. Now this next part is a little tricky, but, but listen. An act of opening the door to Jesus is not an act of work. It's not an act of labor. You're not earning the presence of Jesus when you, when you open the door to him. In fact, the metaphor kind of breaks down here. And one of the things about that painting that I, I shared with you of Jesus knocking on the door is that there's no door handle on it. If you look at it, you'll notice there's no door handle. And the original um, piece of art that was created around this, somebody asked the artist, they said, Why, where's the door handle? You messed up. And he said, no, the door handle's on the inside. There's only a handle on the inside. You know, which I get. It's a great, it's a great image. But at the same time, it's kind of like as if we have to do the work so that Jesus can make an entrance into our heart, which doesn't exactly work with our a basic understanding of God's grace. We don't have to work. We don't have to do the work. We do all the work. God does all the work to come to us and rescue us through Jesus. But what we do have to do is stop barricading the door of our hearts and surrender. It's simply about a surrender. Because when we try too hard to make our own path to Jesus, we end up making a mess. At least that's what happens in my, in my experience. It's like what happened with the Da Vinci's famous painting. If you look at that again, have you ever looked at this painting and wondered where Jesus' feet are? Did you notice that? <laughs> There's actually a guy came hundreds of years later after Da Vinci painted this painting and put a doorway in the painting, took out Jesus' feet. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? Like it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Like, can you imagine being the guy? who took out Jesus' feet in Da Vinci's painting. Like you're the one who messed up this famous painting. Obviously, he didn't know what he was doing at the time. <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird, but we try and make our own way. And when we do that, we can end up cutting off the feet of Jesus. <laughs> we make a mess, but surrender to Jesus is beautiful. If you Think about your, your actual like literal door at your house. When somebody comes to your house, how do you greet them? You probably have some customs that you might not even be aware of, but there's probably some things that you do and some things that you don't do when somebody comes to the door. For instance, in a Japanese home, there's always a mat right by the front door. And if you, when you walk into, into the home, you take your shoes off and you leave them there. And a lot of it's about cleanliness, but it's also about respect. And you walk lightly into this home that you're, you're visiting and in some cultures, it's rude to shake hands across the threshold, you know, like you open the door, you, you invite the person in, and then you greet them. I thought about this yesterday. The neighbor came over and wanted to talk to me about something, and my dog was there, and it was, it was a nice dog, but just like really hyper, and so I walked outside to, to greet him because I didn't want him to get attacked on the inside, and I was like, well, what would that have been like to have invited him in? It would have been risky, right? If you invite every stranger who comes to your house into the door before you greet them, you're, you're risking 
something. <laughs> what does it mean to welcome Jesus into your home? We don't just stand at the doorway. We welcome him in, into, into all of it. And is it risky? Absolutely. But what's at risk is really just like your status quo. Because what if Jesus is not a good guest? What if Jesus is one of those who uh, shakes hands and leaves his sandals on? <laughs> and I think maybe in that sense, he's probably not a good guest. Because what Jesus wants to be in your home is the host of your table. That is his rightful place. So can, I want to just ask you, like, picture your, picture your Thanksgiving table, picture your dining room table right now, and picture Jesus as the host of that table. As the guest who becomes the host, Jesus naturally changes things. He changes the conversation. You know those conversations that you're worried about happening on Thursday when, when family who have different ideas about things get together and you know, we have anxiety around those things? With Jesus as the host of our table, it changes the tone of the back and forth. With him as our host, we go from complaining to gratitude. We go from the ways of the world to the ways of the kingdom of God. What Jesus wants to do is turn your dining room table into the banquet table of heaven. So if you've been picturing Jesus at your table, you probably already have an answer to, the, to this question. But is there room for Jesus at your table? Or how about this? Is there room for Jesus in your heart? And I'm going to answer that one for you. The answer is yes, because your heart was designed really, really well. And it was designed for the purpose of being able to receive Jesus, to let Jesus be the center of it all. So if you're going to invite him into your home and into your heart, it simply takes a surrender. You surrender to let him in. Okay, I want to get back to these words that I started with from Revelation chapter 3. You know, they're kind of like nice flowery words, like you might have seen them in a cross stitch. You might have created a cross stitch with these words. Behold, I knock at the door. <laughs> I stand at the door and knock. They're so beautiful, but when you put them in the con this is from Revelation, so you've got to know there's going to be some tricky stuff around these words, right? It's not a flowery book um, by any means. So where, where these, this verse comes is right in the middle of a story of Jesus rebuking a church. He's, he's talking to this church that is neither hot or cold. He says, you're lukewarm. But he says this to them, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Then I stand at the door and knock. Then he says, To the one who's victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So Jesus is talking to this church that actually is in this, uh, in this area that had been destroyed by an earthquake and everybody had gotten back together and they restored and rebuilt the town and they were so proud of themselves. And, and they kind of forgot about their faith. They forgot about where their strength came from. And Jesus said, like, you're going through the motions here, but you're not hot. Like you once had a passion for me. And I don't see that anymore. You're, you're just kind of tepid. You're just kind of surviving. You're kind of on autopilot. And that doesn't lead to, to disciples being made and the community being changed. Jesus points that out to them. And you might just say, like, well, that's a rebuke and he's just going to walk away because he's angry. Instead, he's rebuking them because he loves them. And so he says, I, I knock on the door. He doesn't let them go. He knocks on the door. 
He knocks on the door of our church. He knocks on the door of your house. And he's not going to stay outside. He is meant to be the host. So will you allow him to be the host, not just of your Thanksgiving meal, but of every meal, of every gathering, of every moment? Will you allow him to be the Lord of your life? I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And as I do this, I'm just going to, if this is a prayer for you, pray these words in your heart after me. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Come into my heart. Come into my home. Come to the table and eat with me. Come into every conversation around the table. Come into every breath that I breathe. May I live for you. In Jesus' name.